0: Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's
1: Jay. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. I am Jay Madison, your host. Uh, No Ron Robbins today. I kicked him out of the office because I needed the space. (laughs) Sorry, Ron. Sorry to do that to you, Bob. But we have a really, really cool, great show coming up. Uh, I have two uh, young women in my office who both own their own farms here in Jefferson County. I call them the River Ladies. I'm not sure whether they appreciate that or not. Um, But I think they've got a great story to tell. And uh, I am very excited to have them here with me this morning. So I'll do the introductions. First, I'll introduce Avery McLean. Avery is the owner of Red Wing Farms on Grindstone Island how you doing Avery
0: I'm good Jay happy to be
1: here you know you do you actually do have a great voice for radio oh thank you they were worried about their voices and how they sounded and and Avery you do you've got you've almost got a southern twang to your voice wow I've <laughs> <laughs> never heard that before <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool you've got a just a great voice for radio. You, you've got a future. If you ever decide to get out of the farming, go into radio. Good to know. Or podcasting. You could start your own podcast.
0: Maybe me and Carly here will.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I there might be an opportunity. So let me introduce Carly and bring her into the conversation. It is a pleasure to also introduce Carly Basinger. She is the owner of Riverside Farm. How are you doing, Carly?
2: I'm well, thanks, Jay.
1: See, there you go. You both have a future podcast together. <laughs> I can see it now. It'll be huge. It sounds good, <laughs> Carly. You're you're a little bit nervous about this this morning.
2: Yeah, this isn't really my uh, normal morning, I
1: guess. <laughs> what what is a normal morning for you? Um, <laughs> and, and I'll throw these crazy questions out at you. You on the farm. What would be normal?
2: Well, it depends on the season, but um, at this time of year, I usually stoke the stove and get in the river and have a hot drink and then try to start doing things.
1: But So, so wait a minute, it's November 1st.
2: Yeah, it's... Um...
1: You said get in the river. Mm-hmm. You go in the river this time of year? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we were talking about duck hunting before we started recording the show today, and I was saying how I go out duck hunting this time of year. The last place I want to go is mm. in the river. It's yeah. a little chilly, Carly.
2: Yeah, it's, um, it really helps me stay acclimated for the working outside, um, and it helps my mental state, too, I think. Just kind of, like, make yourself do something every day that you don't necessarily want to do, but you feel really good after the fact. Wow! It's like people would go running, you know. They're like, I just have to get out the door, and then when I'm back, I'm happy, glad I did it, not glad I'm doing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, that's a good, good philosophy. And so, this time of year, Carly, you are still farming.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my CSA is still going for a few more weeks. What is a CSA? Um, community supported agriculture, and the way I have it set up. Um, I have members who pick up on farm a box of vegetables once a week and pick up in a nearby town. Uh, like, some people pick up, some people pick up on farm, but um, I, the vegetables are really slowing down, but I have a couple harvest days a week, and I'm moving into more, like, putting everything to bed for the year and uh, doing more stuff with trees, uh, more work with
1: which, which, we'll get to that in a little bit, because that I, that in and of itself is a whole nother story, I think. I I'm, it, I find it pretty interesting. But want to go back to Avery. So, Avery, do you have the same routine? Do you go out in the river every morning?
0: I used to. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I was in school. This time of year. This time of year. But. Really? Yeah, you, inspiring did it, you did it year-round, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I should get back in the river. <laughs> I took. A you break. did it
1: re- year-round?
0: hmm
1: In the St. Lawrence River?
0: Um, I was at school in
1: Ithaca, so. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, at so. Cayuga. Okay, so uh, yeah. all right, that' not much warmer though. No. no. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. God bless you both. I mean. Okay. I, I've gone in the creek behind my house, South Sandy Creek, down Lorraine golf in the wintertime when the power's been out for days and it was time to do something. (laughs) So I've done that, but it's not necessarily what I choose to do. So, oh, that's great. So, and and I should explain for our listeners that both of you have farms on the St. Lawrence River in the Thousand Islands. Uh. Uh, Avery, your farm is Red Wing Farm. It's actually on an island. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so I'm located on um, Grindstone Island, which I believe is the fourth biggest island in the St. Lawrence River. Um, It's on the American side, Mm -hmm. um, and it's only accessible by boat, and so there's no ferry or anything, so everyone on the island has to have their own personal boat pretty much.
1: And it's a long swim from the mainland.
0: (laughs) Yeah, where the farm's about two miles across. It's two
1: miles out into the river to get Mm -hmm. to the island
0: yeah right across from clayton
1: i I, i'm guessing a lot of people don't realize how big the saint lawrence river is especially in the thousand islands region if they've never been here it's it's a very significant river
0: yeah i think it's about 10 miles where i am
1: wow across wow that that is big i didn't realize it was quite that far across so tell us a little bit about your farm what what is red wing farm
0: Yeah, so um, it's a pretty small market garden. Um, I grow diversified vegetables, flowers, and mushrooms. Um, And I started it in 2021 with my partner. Um, And at the time, we were both college students, um, and it was COVID. And we didn't want to go back to school and didn't really want to apply for jobs and (laughs) didn't know what to do. Um, And so I had access to this land, which is originally my grandparents' land. Um, My dad's living there now six months of the year Uh uh-huh um so we kind of dreamed up this garden and we had no really plans to sell any vegetables or we just kind of showed up with a bunch of seedlings that we started in our kitchen in vermont and put them in the ground and it kind of took off into this community farm um so i'm growing about a third of an acre of vegetables right now
1: so you're on an island so who do you serve who are your customers
0: yeah um my Primary customers are all on the island. Um, we're really the only place that sells food on the island. There's a winery um, and a church and a community center. Well,
1: you got the important things down. <laughs> yeah. Garden, winery, church, yeah. and a community center. Yeah. So all of the essentials, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: I wish I knew the, the summer population of Grindstone. I don't. Um, but there are, you know, hundreds of people there in the summer seasonally. Um,
1: so it... It keeps you busy?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Do you, do you think you get a, a lot of the folks from the island? Do they come to you?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, a substantial portion. A lot of people have their own gardens on the island. That's definitely um, part of the culture of the island. But, um, you know, we that's why we try to grow a little bit of everything um, so that, you know, there's something someone doesn't have in their garden that they'll come to us for.
1: Hmm. Now... Uh, you you said you started it during uh, the pandemic. Uh, were you going to school before that? Do you have a degree or?
0: Yeah, so I finished um I finished school last December. Okay, about a year ago, um, in agricultural science.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, and where where is your degree from?
0: Cornell. Oh,
1: okay. A Cornell grad. All yeah. right, bleed mm-hmm. red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've completed that degree uh, are you going to pursue a career with that degree or are you going to stay in agriculture uh, stay in farming
0: um yeah I think I'd always like to um have a little farm of some scale of some sort um but I would like to pursue a career in um kind of more on the support side of agriculture and like working for Cornell Extension or a program like that um I'm not quite sure what that looks like right now I'm kind of trying to figure that out but in the well, meantime, I'm happy to be on Grindstone. So.
1: Yeah. Now, do you live on the island all year round?
0: No. No, I don't. I'm trying to figure out where I'm headed next. <laughs> <laughs> I've got about three weeks left, I think, on the island.
1: Okay. Because I was going to say it would get pretty remote in the wintertime.
0: Yeah. It already is starting to feel a little... Is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming over this morning. I, I I'm
1: I'm wondered <laughs> about this morning because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're recording this at nine, so you got up pretty early to mm-hmm. drive all the way down here and... With the, uh, with the snow that we had last night and stuff, I'm sure the river was a little bumpy.
0: Uh, no, it was pretty calm, but um, cold.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I this... forgot
0: my gloves. That was oh. a mistake. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. that would do that. That yeah. would do that. It was beautiful, though. Yeah. Uh, the river is always beautiful, mm-hmm. except when you're out in a small boat, and it's rough, and yeah. there's white caps, and you're going, <laughs> what am I doing here? But, uh, so, Carly, let's... Uh, Go back to you. Uh, We were talking about swimming in the river this time of year, and I'm thinking, she's nuts. But no, Uh, no, I don't think that. Um, So you own Riverside Farm. Uh, That's up in Cape Vincent. Whereabouts in Cape Vincent?
2: Um, My farm is on Tibbetts Point Road, which is the road that leads to the Tibbetts Point Lighthouse. And it's really, I usually tell people when they ask where I'm from, I say, I'm like, if you just drive north, you can't go farther because the road um, is right on the river where the lake becomes the river okay and um, similar to Avery my my um, great grandparents bought the place where I'm farming and then my grandmother owns it now and um, I moved up here after bouncing around after college to help with my grandmother and I've, I've always been really close with her she's always had a big garden and been really interested in you know plants of all types and so I moved up here and I'd been working on some farms and I really wanted to farm and uh, she was supportive and my family was supportive so it just kind of started and I didn't really think about it very much. I just kind of started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where, are you, where are you originally from?
2: I'm from South Carolina and oh. I've bounced around between the coasts.
1: No, I can, uh, like yeah, I said. You
2: said, she had a southern yeah. accent. Yeah, no, and, and wow. I'm not really
1: picking up the southern accent from you.
2: Yeah, my parents are both from the north, so I, I only got it through, like, cultural, you know, osmosis growing Okay, up. okay. If I'm down there, I, it comes out, like, at feed stores and stuff, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what is your what is your customer base for your operation? You're on the mainland, so you, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming you have a little bit more customer flow than what Avery would have.
2: Or maybe, like, easier access or something. Or easier yeah. access. Yeah. Um, Avery stays busy though. Um, Yeah, I have a thirty-member CSA right now, so like thirty families get a box of veggies from me every week. Um, It's kind of varied over the years, depending on what I've been doing. Some weeks or some years, I've done um, like thirty-five weeks of distribution. um, Some years, less. Um, And then, so that's my definitely my primary sales outlet. And then I have a farm stand, which I do on the weekends because we get a lot of traffic in Cape Vincent going up to see the lighthouse. And um, that's been nice because it's just an honor system. I don't have to, I just put stuff out there one day and then, you know, it takes care of itself for the next couple. Um, And then I sell a little bit to a restaurant in Clayton and a couple local grocery stores.
1: So you're feeding a lot of people with your farm.
2: I'm growing, well, vegetables, yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) not not their whole diet. Not their whole diet, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, but you're serving a lot of people
2: yeah um
1: how much and how much land do you farm
2: um i think i have about a half acre in vegetables but i do um like permanent um raised beds so i grow really intensively like i there's not often um beds that aren't that don't have crops in them sometimes they have cover crops in them sometimes i'm in between stuff but um I just am growing a ton of successions all through the season. So I can grow a lot in a small space or like relatively small space.
1: Well that's that's cool though. It's a good example for people that in a small space, a relatively small space, you can you can grow a lot of vegetables, a lot of you yeah. know, a lot of food to sustain yourself and potentially other people. You know, not your whole diet. Yeah. You know, unless you're a vegetarian. But even then, I don't think you can quite grow at all up here in the North Country. Uh, but it is pretty cool that, you know, what you're doing.
2: Thanks. I feel like anyone who has a garden probably realizes how much food you can grow in a small space, you know, because if you have five tomato plants, you're like, oh my God, what am I going <laughs> to do, am all I gonna do with those
1: tomatoes? Then they're done that. Yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> they're done that. Um, what? But what really got you started? What What was it that drove you to start the farm up here? You you said your grandmother.
2: Yeah. I think my my dad always had a big garden. My mom always has done a lot of flowers, so I just kind of grew up around plants, I guess, and um, kind of discovered that I liked plants a lot, and um, I studied conservation biology at Clemson. I think our degrees were probably pretty similar. Yeah. Um, And I started, I somehow found myself at the organic farm on campus, like, the first couple weeks of class, and... The farm manager at the time was really, really wonderful about, like, um, onboarding students who are interested in giving us responsibility if we wanted responsibility, and he was just really, really good at, like, um, not just being a boss, but, you know, being a mentor and teaching, and I kind of fell in with my people at that farm and realized that I really wanted to farm, um, And then I was a river guide in Idaho for a while, and I was like, okay, this is... Whitewater rafting? Yeah, um, and that was really fun, but I really missed, like, having my hands in the dirt. So Mm -hmm. when I got back here to help with my grandma, and I grew up coming up here in the summers, and I always really loved it. I thought, you know, here's this... Like, land access is such a challenge, especially, I think, for a lot of young people, and having that opportunity in a place I loved that I felt like I was going to be for a while, and that seems like a good place to be, like you know, long-term looking at like water (laughs) supply and stuff, Um, I was like, this makes sense. So,
1: yeah. And and Avery, you were shaking your head about uh, land access as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really wouldn't be able to be doing what I'm doing without having the land that my family
1: had. Now, I noticed both of you share similar practices. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the similarities? Uh, You both know each other's farm, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I believe, anyways, mm-hmm. you knew each other. Um, you know, what are the similarities between what you do on your farms?
0: Gosh, I don't really feel like I can compare myself to Carly. <laughs> I always call her the real farmer. Oh, my I'm gosh. Just
1: <laughs> have a big garden.
0: But um, um, I aspire to be more like her and um, using... Not a lot of tillage. She's getting very red faced right now. <laughs> Car- Carly, I believe, is no till entirely. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, but I'm starting to question that. Um, but I can talk about that later.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, I use the um, permanent raised beds um, and cover cropping and intensive planting, so things are really, so you can produce a lot in a small space, and um, it being very—I call it human scale—rather than using tractors and um, big equipment.
1: So you're you're not using tractors, the big equipment as you as you referred to mm-hmm. it. And yet you're feeding a lot of people on that island. Or at least providing the vegetables and some fruits. Do you grow fruits? I'm
0: planting fruit. i, I would not I'm okay. producing fruit. But okay. Yeah. Um,
1: but you're you're supplementing you know a big portion of some folks' diets up there with with no big equipment.
2: Yeah, correct.
1: Wow. And what would you say the similarities are, Carly?
2: But I think the things she touched on, like the intensive, intensiveness. Um, I was going to say intensivity. We make up words <laughs>
1: here all the time, so have at it.
2: Yeah, I think the intensive um, use of space, like when you're on a human scale, you it kind of lends itself to that um, more than if you're doing row farming with a tractor, which, like, nothing wrong with that, but it's just going to look different on the ground. And we both use season extension, um, which I think is, it seems really crucial. <laughs> what do
1: you mean by season extension?
2: Um, well, I have an unheated high tunnel, and Avery has a couple caterpillar tunnels, which are like smaller versions, kind of, but mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Hmm. Okay, and so those have allowed you to start earlier, farm later in the seasons?
2: Yeah, and I also think um, a lot of growers around the country are starting to like, even more than the extension, just protecting especially high-value crops from um, unpredictable weather. And um, I think that's becoming increasingly important <laughs> for farms. And,
1: and you have, you said you have high tunnel. mm mm-hmm. what, what type of uh, greenhouses do you have, Avery?
0: I have um, caterpillar tunnels. So they're... Okay,
1: so what's that? <laughs> um, they're
0: 16 by 50 structures. Um, they're smaller... Um, but they essentially provide the same purpose. They're okay. just more affordable
2: for me okay. at the time. Yeah.
1: Huh. All right. Mm-hmm. So a little bit different there.
2: I've had a caterpillar tunnel in the past too. And like, it, yeah, the, like they're they're great. Like, yeah, they're, they're
0: easy to put up and yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of less permanent in yeah. a way
1: too. Okay. Yeah. I'm just not familiar with the different, you know, I, I've heard of high tunnel, um, seen them. And I saw your operation, but I didn't know they were called Caterpillar Tunnel uh, Greenhouses versus High Tunnel. Mm-hmm. So interesting.
2: I think they call them that because um, they kind of look like caterpillars. Yeah, property.
1: they have that undulating mm-hmm. structure to yeah. them. A
2: little lower.
1: Now, are you both certified organic? Um, I am. Is how hard is that to to achieve?
2: Um, I mean, my. Practices are, like, there's also this, like, beyond organic project. My, my practices are, like, definitely clear um, the organic requirements, but um, it was kind of tricky to get. Well, I feel like recertifying is easy because the first year I had a split operation where some of the acreage was managing was not organic, and so I had to do way more paperwork. But I've really found that once you get in the program and get the initial paperwork done Recertifying is really not that big of a deal, like unless you have major changes to your um, systems. But um, yeah, I haven't really found it to be a big deal. I'm not. I did it because there was a project happening in Jefferson County that I thought the organic certification would be really beneficial to have behind my name, Um, and that project kind of fell through. So now I'm like, I don't really. My customer base knows how I grow. I don't really need that stamp anymore. But you're
1: um, not worried about the stamp, you. Well, you it's know. not
2: giving me any additional value. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I thought it would it would have in other you know sales channels, but it's okay. not in my current situation.
1: Do you ever intend to to grow beyond serving the local area?
2: Um, I have a lot of ideas about that. I think there's a huge potential in this area um, to grow a lot more food um, and to supply, yeah, to supply like our fresh produce needs more locally. I think there's a huge untapped potential there. Um, i if I grew, I would definitely need to hire people and um, kind of restructure things, and just where I'm at in my personal life, I'm not really sure I'm ready to, like, take that leap right now. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I I think there's a lot of capacity here that's not being met.
1: You pretty much do all of this yourself.
2: Yeah. I get, I mean, I get help um, with bigger projects. You know, Avery came and helped me plant stuff this spring. Um, yeah, and I, I have help off and on, you know, when I'm really needing it, but mostly it's just me.
1: Yeah. Must get lonely.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is part Especially of up <laughs> there
1: where you're, where you're located.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think farming for a lot of people is already kind of an isolating job, um, depending on how you structure it. Like, I really admire Avery in that way because I think she's done a really good job like bringing more people onto her farm. Um, certain things about my life situation, I haven't really felt like I had the bandwidth for that, and um, I think things would be a lot better for me right now if I had, like, you know, had... Whether it's interns that I felt like I could, like, give them a a meaningful experience, you know, or um, employees or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because it is, up here especially, you know, so much of the population. Well, where we are, the population is so seasonal, and um, it's already a kind of isolating profession, and then you just, like, layer all these things, and not a lot of young people up here.
1: And may I ask how old you are? I'm 29. 29, Mm -hmm. and you're doing all this already?
2: Yeah, I started the farm when I was twenty three. I think I, I got I moved back here when I was twenty two, and then um, started the
1: farm. Yeah. And Avery, going back to you, how yeah. old are you, ma'am? I'm
0: twenty
1: four. Twenty four. So, mm-hmm. to to me, forgive me, <laughs> young woman, uh, who could be doing off doing a lot of different things, and uh, you are you are farming on the river. Um, that's pretty cool. Now with your with your farm you do have some help there i think to a degree
0: um to a degree i well so i started the farm with my partner um so we farmed together for two seasons um and then this season i was on my own um he was living in vermont um but my family lives on the property um and so they help me with big projects when i need extra hands and this was farming alone this year without finn um i realized that i would need just kind of Hands in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing volunteer hours on Wednesday afternoons this year, which worked really well. Um, I would bake something, and um, people from like ten to eighty would come and help however they could. Um, and really? it was always yeah, yeah, every Wednesday. It was really fun. Um, and I do I don't do a CSA, but I do like a weekly produce box in addition to my farm stand um, on the weekends. And so I, the pickup for that box would be on Wednesdays. So people would come pick up their box, stay for an hour, sometimes longer, sometimes less. And um,
1: how, did you, how did you manage this volunteer time when you didn't know exactly how many people would show <laughs> up?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: all of a sudden you've got 50, 60 people there to help. How do you? Oh, not a, not
0: oh. not that many years, people. Old. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> years old. Oh, right, sorry, I was gonna say, wow. Eighty uh, people. Did I say that? <laughs> no, you
1: said it to eighty, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah was, no, that I'm would be wild. Eighty people, um, people. No, I could. I,
1: definitely uh, I, I I'm,
0: could I'm like, that. like, wow. I would say, <laughs> at our peak, I'd have maybe fifteen people in the garden at a time, which was a lot. Which is, of people. Well, yeah, and, it's, and that, when uh, you have children too, it's that's like a lot. Yeah. To keep your eyes on, I've I would find myself running from like. I mean the garden's not that big, but I was just, like, running back and forth. <laughs> I wish I like had a Fitbit. Or well, something. yeah. So
1: I, I, I'm still, you know, it, to not know how many are going to show up. Yeah. And find things, you know, uh, fulfilling things. I would say mm-hmm. uh, for those people to do that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. It, it worked out really well. I'm so grateful to the community, honestly, for showing up for me this year. It was. Amazing. How did you plan for it? plan for it yeah um, in what in terms of what well
1: it's it, so you know on Wednesdays is going to be your volunteer mm-hmm. day and but you don't know exactly how many people are gonna show up mm-hmm. how how I mean did you plan or a little
0: bit I, I have a whiteboard that I got this year that I love <laughs> um, and so I'd always make a list of things that I knew I needed to do and I would kind of allot that time for that I would be in the garden then. And if there was one person, they'd help me just work on that list. And if there were, you know, 15, we'd break up into a group and um, I'd kind of, yeah. But we, you know, we'd weed, we'd plant stuff, we'd harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just, I think people really appreciated the experience, and the opportunity to be able to learn and work with me. But then I'd also give them really as much produce as they want um, in exchange for their help. And so people loved being able to pick pick flowers and bring them home or, um, you know, take some greens. Um, so it seemed like a mutually beneficial um, project.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure that I I let you uh, answer the same question that Carly did about uh, Are you certified organic or?
0: I'm not certified organic. No, okay. um, it's something I I think I use pretty much all organic practices. Um, I try to, and um, but. It's something I've thought about, um, but haven't really, I've really gone year to year on this project since I've been in school and not really knowing what the future holds. Um, And something I've thought about, but yeah, haven't felt the need since I pretty much sell all of my um, produce directly to my customers who see, I mean, they're in the garden, they know what I do, they know the practices I use. um, So there's a level of trust and transparency when you're doing something like that
1: does that seem to be one of the most important things is the trust and transparency that the the customer has in you uh for you uh with what you're doing
0: yeah i would say so okay
1: Mm -hmm. um so the label is not as important as the person then does that make sense
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think when you have a direct relationship with your customers, they don't need the label. Like, if someone's buying your stuff at a grocery store or whatever, like, they don't know anything about you, but the way we, both of our farms are, like, people, um, people don't need to see the label to know what we're doing and how we're growing. Like what Avery is saying, like, she has people on her farm, so they know, (laughs) they know how she's
1: growing. And what about you? Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And I, I'm I'm able to sell all my produce pretty much for organic prices, um, because of that.
1: Wow! So it, the people trust you enough to say, "I'm getting what they feel is better through that organic label," uh, or what could be labeled organic. And so they're will, willing to say they're willing to pay the same price that they would pay for something that had that certified organic mm-hmm. stamp on it. Yeah. Where do you see your farm going here over the next five years? Thoughts?
0: I, w- I wish I could tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I feel like I'm just starting to get my feet under me um, this year. Um, and yeah, I think the, the community aspect is something that I really um, value for what I've been doing. Um, I have a, or I had a weekly farm stand, which is um, like kind of a, a community event. On Saturdays, people would come out um, for coffee, and I'd sell baked goods as well. Um, and um, that element, I think, really added to what I'm doing, um, and is important, an important piece to highlight. And that I would have a hundred people on the farm on a Saturday morning um, buying produce. And um, so, just
1: again, you talking. get these large crowds. Yeah, and yeah. You, you you create an event. Yeah. in a way
0: yeah I think it kind of really filled a need for the island in terms of a community gathering space so I'd like to continue to um, explore that in terms of maybe going into like doing dinners or um, bringing people onto the farm more
1: so I'm thinking I need to change what I call you you're the river lady she's the island lady <laughs> <laughs> no you're both the river ladies <laughs> in, in, in my book I mean it's it's just cool what you're doing Two two young women who have, Started these farming operations pretty much on your own, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of
2: help.
0: Yeah, I started. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, but you have been the the ones who have started it.
2: Yeah, I think that's true for both of us.
1: And, and uh, I mean, that's just a, a really cool story. Um, what would you say to others that think about this? You know, that have this idea that I could farm my land and you'll feed people
2: um don't do it alone (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) don't do it alone really like
2: in so many ways like um yeah it just is not I mean I'm sure there's people for who it works to or whatever to um to just I really like being alone but it's like, we all need each other, you know, we all really need community, and um, that's what I'm saying, I really admire the way Avery's, like, been a lot more intentional about bringing her community onto the farm, and um, I, like, kind of had that intention, and then COVID and other things, you know, and it just kind of, it didn't, like, my farm didn't really develop in that way, and I, I, I think that it would be a lot richer of an experience for everyone, you know, if it was like that, and, like, being connected with your membership and I feel like I'm in community with the CSA members because a lot of them have been in the CSA for like four or five years um and so we know each other but um like doing it with them and doing it with another person or a group of people who want to farm together like I think that's really the future of of farming is being in like cooperatives um where we're all kind of like this uh, pieces of a system working together and supporting each other. I, that's what I would tell anyone who wanted to farm is like find people to do it with. and
1: Find people to do it with. How about you, Avery?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And I'd also say um, find friends who are doing similar things because <laughs> I've <laughs> yeah. leaned on yeah. Carly so much. And um, this
2: summer. How'd was, you meet? Um, we S- someone like, yeah, I think someone met you at the market. Right? Yeah, and
0: told me to call Carly.
2: And Avery thought I was, like, 60 years old or something. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so I waited many months not knowing that I'd have a good friend.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but. Yeah, just having community, like, Mm because if you're farming, if you're young, um, the way to afford land is to be in a rural place. Like, um, it's not, like, unaffordable to lease land up here, even certified organic cropland, like that's doable you could have a a, you could easily do that with a like market farm you know of our scale but um going at it alone you know there's just so many things that you need help with and we're kind of sold this like pioneer ideal about being totally self-sufficient doing things alone but that's like not how people I mean that's how some people work and I respect that you know but not most of us like we need each other and Even just being able to call a neighbor and be like, hey, my tractor tire's flat. Like, I don't have time to do that today, or could you help me? Um, You know, stuff like that is huge.
1: Yeah. I found that out in college. You know, like you, my degree is technically in wildlife biology. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to do an internship in northern Maine. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. (laughs) You know, I got to go up into the north Maine woods, Mm -hmm. 80 80 miles off pavement, Lived in a log cabin, no Mm. running water, no electricity. I had one partner, and her and I spent the entire summer doing wildlife research. Wow. I found out I'm a people person. (laughs) (laughs) It was not my cup of tea. As much as I, I mean, life-changing experience, and Mm. as much as I enjoyed Mm -hmm. being out in the wild and, and being with wildlife and studying wildlife, my, my place was with people and helping people understand wildlife or mm. the environment or agriculture. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I found that out. Uh, luckily, I found it out before I started heavily down a career path. My degree still helped where I am today, but not doing wildlife research like I thought I was going to do. So mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. We're running out of time. What uh, what haven't I asked you that you know you think is a big part of the story that should that people should know, people should hear. What story? I don't know. <laughs> your farming story. Your story. Uh, who who Carly Basinger is. Who Avery McLean is. Hmm.
2: Well, I don't know if this answers that. But another thing I would say to people who want to start farming is. Um, yeah, like, a couple pieces, like, know or get some idea for who you are and how you want things to look because there's not, like, one right way to do it. Um, some people want to use tractors. That's fine. Some people don't, like, some people want to have a lot of people on their farm. Some people don't. There's not a right way to do it. Um, so trust your own gut on that, you know, and don't think you have to, like, fit this certain mold. Um, and then also just, like, um don't give up because you're going to fail all the time (laughs) and you're just going (laughs) to be like I I don't know I'm sure with other jobs you have to just stare in the face of your failures a lot but like I always remark on that like you just I just feel like surrounded by you know even small things that didn't go the way I wanted them to and you just like really cannot let that stop you Um, or you have to be able to like have a moment with it and then pick up and just carry on because like otherwise you're just you know <laughs> yeah. it's the uh, the mountain of failures is very big usually but there's also a lot of successes and it's like easy to get kind of stuck in the stuff that doesn't work but yeah um, I, I had
1: that yesterday i had a huge issue that i was trying to work on yesterday and there was one thing i did that i wished i could go back and change it a little bit i mean it didn't Heard anything in the long run, but just one thing that I wished I had done differently and, you know, it was noticed by a few people and I'm like, uh, you know, not a bad thing, but just, I wished I'd done it differently. Mm-hmm. So you always have that mountain of failures, but there's also an awful lot of successes that you yeah. have to keep. Yeah, definitely. Keeping my,
0: A lot of learning. A lot of learning.
2: Just learning. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's how the failures are. They're actually just yeah. learning opportunities. Avery, what about you? Why haven't we... What haven't we asked you, what's that piece of the story we've missed so far?
0: Gosh, I don't know. I think the, the big thing I want to highlight is just being on an island and how unique that is. And mm. That um, is unique, how, yes. How challenging it is, too, to um, you know, not always be able to get to the mainland for a tool or um, not be able to have uh, compost delivered. Um, and so really... Like needing to get all my nutrients that I'm putting in um, from the island um, and yeah um, I think that's a really big part of the story yeah um, that is a big part and, of the story and also yeah. the climate is so different being on the river, um, how, the so. river. how well so. I think um our we just had our first frost but I think usually it, it holds off like we didn't get the snow last night and um, which I had I think four that, to five inches of yeah. snow
1: too <laughs> early for this
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Usually we're we're pretty protected. Um, we didn't get that late frost in May. Um, yeah, it's just different. We don't get rain a lot. It will rain over Clayton, but it won't it's touch dry the up island. The, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just kind of its own little microclimate.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, oh, uh, the one thing we didn't ask you about is your. You, you say you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking to carly <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't help that yeah, carly no you opened I that door <laughs> earlier I know. And, I know, you know it's... So. um
2: yeah well i i this kind of feeds in <laughs> with another piece i was thinking about too that um like there's this idea of like holistic management and i think a good way to boil that down is like what do i want my life to look like and then form your business from that and make your business support the life that you want or try to, um, and let, like, let who you are guide those, um, decisions that you make, but, um, and this is kind of aligned with that, because I've, I'm very passionate about fruit and nut trees, but, like, particularly nut trees, and, um, I, when I started growing vegetables, said that I was doing the vegetables in the meantime, but, like, it's been five or six years, and the veggies just are all consuming if you let them be, and I have, and it's been great, um, but, I'm really ready to, like, move more into working with the trees. And I've been doing that on the side um, for my own, like, I've been planting a ton of trees um, on the side. But I am transitioning into uh, a, starting, like, a tree nursery that um, it's very, like, it's very in the beginning stages. So it's kind of hard to talk about it But um, because it's not really... Formed yet, but I am collecting a ton of nuts this fall and storing them, and we'll grow out a bunch of baby trees next year. And hopefully,
1: like what kind of nuts?
2: Um, well, right now, because of my own life, um, I'm mainly focusing on the kind of low hanging fruit, like uh, hardwoods that like to grow here, like oaks and hickories. And um... if
1: you need acorns, let me know.
2: Oh, well, I actually have a ton, um, but that is good to know. Um, yeah, I just, I really like propagating um, nut trees. I like what they support in an ecosystem, and um, I would like to kind of provide trees for people who maybe want to buy a bundle of 50 and go plant a hardwood forest on their place, kind of like help the succession along towards um, more forest um And just, like, food raining down from the sky without us having to toil in the gardens. (laughs) 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 Because if you walk through the woods in the fall, there's just food falling from the sky. And people have worked, like, you know, indigenous peoples have been working with with plants for millennia, you know, and encouraging that. And I would like to be part of that.
1: Um, Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's neat. Uh, We, you and I were at a meeting. I didn't see you there, Avery. Uh, On the uh, forest... uh, oh the forest program anyways um and i thought that was a great conversation and paul haldeman with what he's trying to do Mm -hmm. uh down there at zora farms with nut trees and fruit trees and so on Mm -hmm. um i i just i'm really excited about some of the stories people told about what they're doing and stuff so i'm glad to hear that you're working on that as well um, one last question I have for you that I just thought of is: You both were recipients of the uh, Jefferson County Local Food Resiliency Grant Program. How beneficial was that?
0: Hugely for me. I um I received or I got funds to um, get a wash and pack shed um, for the farm. So previously, I've been washing and storing all my, my refrigerators were outside. It was all outside. It was mm-hmm. very like kind of pieced together, and, um, you know, I'd be washing greens in the sun in the summer and stuff like that, Um, so now I've got a little structure with, with, it's amazing,
1: (laughs) I sent Carly
0: so many videos of me, like, washing
1: (laughs) (laughs) greens in it this fall,
0: Um, it's changed my life, and it's, um, you know, it'll allow me to produce more, it'll allow me to store more, um, and it's just increased my efficiency and the sustainability of the farm hugely. So I'm really excited about that and grateful. So thank you.
1: Well, thank the Jefferson County Board of Legislators, because they're the ones that mm-hmm. you know allowed us to use those funds to grow agriculture, to grow our food supply. How about you, Carly?
2: Um, yeah, I also used the grant to improve my post-harvest um, processing and That is, like, a huge bottleneck, I think, for a small farm, so it was really helpful. And um, also that grant was, like, so easy to apply for and Mm -hmm. just felt very human, (laughs) which was really nice, Um, and I appreciate a lot. Um, Yeah, I got some things to improve my post-harvest situation, like just small things that make it more efficient and clean. Um, which is important. When
1: I was up there, I think it was last November, October or November, I came Mm -hmm. up to visit. You had applied, and we (laughs) always visit, except for you. I didn't get to go out on the islands, which was fine in November. But (laughs) um, Mike Knuckles had told me all about you, so I was good with that. But... uh, uh, when you were telling me about what you have to do to wash all the root vegetables when it's like November, December, yeah. and you're out there washing them be- uh, by hand in a uh, unheated barn, yeah. I was, I'm like. <laughs> Oh, we gotta, we gotta do this one. This is, she needs something to help her get that done.
2: Yeah, uh, I um, I'm excited to use the root washer that I got. I have a good carrot crop, so um, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't harvested them yet, but I'm starting to get into the uh, really cold wash pack days where um, it's actually warmer in the vegetable cooler than it is outside. we're <laughs> like oh man, yeah, <laughs> cold yep, hands.
1: Yeah, you know that gets brutal. So. <laughs> Well, ladies, we've uh, we've gone a little long here, with, but it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate both of you, you know, coming all the way down from Cape Vincent and Grindstone Island, coming across the river by boat, <laughs> and uh, you know, joining us here on the podcast today. Uh, really appreciate. It. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, Jay. Thank you. All it wasn't right. As bad as I
1: thought. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, hey, your first time on a podcast or a radio broadcast, for that matter, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> So, all right, well, we've been talking with Carly Basinger. She is the owner of Riverside Farm up there in Cape Vincent. And Avery McLean, she's the owner of Red Wing Farm over on Grindstone Island. Both are river ladies here in the Thousand Islands, the St. Lawrence River. All right, have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next
1: time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.